Hello and welcome to For Segal Party Podcast. My name is Isabel, engineer by day and podcaster by night. And I'm Lindy, serial entrepreneur and health enthusiast. Welcome to another episode in our weekly New Year's resolution series. Today we have Audrey Taylor and Angela Tulio, founders of Malou, a Calgary-based clothing company designed to make women feel comfortable and beautiful at every stage of pregnancy and postpartum. Today's theme is about the New Year's resolution of sustainability and shopping local, which is so important nowadays for our local business owners, especially during the pandemic. But we also chat about how Audrey and Angela started their their business while doing their nine to five jobs. So for those of you who are dreaming of starting that business, um, this episode is also for you. But of course, we have to have our little girl talk over some drinks. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. It's the new year. Happy new year. I mean, we're a few episodes in. I've seen you already (laughs) a lot during the new year, virtually, of course. In 2021, we can say it as much as we want because we got over our 2020, which is a feat in itself. I know everybody was saying how bad 2020 was and it was pretty bad for a lot of people and you know all the issues and ugh, yeah but looking forward to a better 2021 yes and looking forward to seeing you again because I haven't seen I, you in a while I know I know although these virtual recordings are quite convenient for us because I did move deep into the south suburbs and you have stayed downtown in your chic and um double income no kids life (laughs) so the virtual recordings are super convenient for us I actually kind of like it better it's a lot easier like I'm still wearing pajama pants but you would never tell I'm wearing zero pants (laughs) perfect (laughs) awesome (laughs) the viewers are so like happy to see our faces every and listen to our voices every week this month in January because we are talking about New Year's resolutions but we haven't yet talked about what our New Year's resolutions are for this year. Do you have one Lindy? Yes well the perpetual eat healthy and exercise uh, resolution of course. I do have 50 sessions left for my trainer at the gym but it's not open yet so I saved up a lot of them because the gym has been closed a lot of last year. So I'm going to have that to do. And also I ordered these pre-packaged frozen fruit bowls. You just add um, almond milk in your blender and then you put it back in the cup with a straw and it's good to go. So no dishes. The worst part about making a smoothie and bringing it in my car is like the dirty cup at the end of the day. So this like totally um fixes that problem and so but my major resolutions are um I took a forex trading course last year for the most part of eight months and so this year I today was day one of um actively trading so this won't mean anything to a lot of people but I want to get 20 pips a day so if I do that consistently all week I will be uh, able to make that my full-time income that sounds amazing you would be like an expert trader doing all your like trading and computer stuff with like multiple screens and all the charts going and stuff that sounds like I don't know if it's fun but definitely interesting well when you make the trades that you go for and I and you actually read the charts and it turns out the way you expect it to it's like reassuring and it is exciting when that happens so I feel like I can 
trade now, not in a demo account, but a real account. So that'll be my main New Year's resolution is to hopefully be able to make that my main income and then eventually sell the spas and just kind of be able to travel, do whatever I want and just work from a computer. That's the dream. Oh my gosh. How often would you have to trade a day? So let's say this is your full-time job. How many hours a day do you have to be on the computer trading? I kind of marked up the chart earlier last night. So today I knew exactly what I was looking for. As soon as I saw it, I entered and I got my uh, pips that I wanted in probably about 20 minutes. So in total, waking up, marking up the charts, about an hour a day, I would say. I That would be amazing if you could do like a full-time income on just an hour a day. Um, What currencies are you trading? Normally I can just look at all the co- most common ones the night before and see what is kind of making the pattern that I need to trade from. So I'll just go from there. There's not like one specific pair yet. I know traders do have pairs that they have, they favorite, but for now I'm just going to mark up whatever I see as like a go into now type pair is what I'm going to use. And I'll just go from there. I'm sure by the end of the year, I'll have a favorite pair. That's so cool. Okay. Like we're going to have to have an episode all about Forex trading when you're an expert and you can like tell us what to do and help us make a whole bunch of money. Yes. When I make my first seven figures, I feel like I can have the uh, credibility to tell people how to do it. Not at all. Not at all. A lot lower than that. Okay. Mid six figures. Okay. That sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I know I'm excited about it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it on my side. It's just, I'm going to focus on that. Try to really make that happen this year. Um, but you, Isabel, what are your new year's resolutions? Um, for a change, it's not exercise more and eat healthy. (laughs) I think I do that like, okay, for now. Um, I eat relatively well, relatively clean. Um, and exercise I try to do like a little bit every day so it's not that bad but like a real quick hit session like only like 20 minutes and Isla is like on the floor just watching me and laughing at me because she thinks it's hilarious when I'm like doing different poses and counting she loves to count so well she loves it when somebody else counts do you watch them on YouTube or where do you get the videos from Oh, Instagram, just all the like fitness people that I follow, maybe some of miss.healthnut on Instagram as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year is going to be all about time management. So that is my New Year's resolution, time management, because I'm going to go back to my full-time job at Cool IT as a product manager, um, and I'm going to be a mom, and I'm going to still have a husband. I mean, he's still around, so... <laughs> he has to be fed and taken care of too. And so does the baby. It's just going to be a lot. So I'm a little like a little worried about that, a little overwhelmed about that. So this year is going to be all about time management and to not like lose myself in what we call, Jet and I call the vortex every night. It's the social media scrolling vortex because you start scrolling and then you're like, you've been scrolling for like a half hour easily a half hour if you're lucky a half hour so um yeah and I have like this bad habit of like doing something and then I stop in the middle of something to just to scroll my phone which is so bad so it's it's all about time management now and just like trying to get everything done and trying to spend time with my family with the help of time management 
Perfect. That sounds like a really good plan. And I think from what my friends say, having a husband is kind of like having a second baby. Um, so with a full-time job, two babies, essentially, um, that's a lot for um, a new mom. Yeah, I know. But I just, I'm just looking to all my mom friends to see how they do it and get all their tips and tricks and use jet for a whole bunch of help <laughs> he does he's real he's really good at doing the dishes and cleaning around here so i shouldn't complain that's good so are you going to be using an app are you going to just be writing stuff down how are you going to like organize your time i have to look into it more but i'm definitely going to be time blocking so a lot of scheduling stuff so even today i of course scheduled this call but i'm also scheduling like one o'clock when to do my errands um to prep meals so just starting with like time blocking and really using my calendar so I can see what's coming up and be a little bit more proactive with my schedule. I remember our real estate friend we were talking to she has a chef that comes in on Mondays pre does all the meals on a Monday so they're in the fridge she just has to warm them up the nanny takes care of the kids during the day I guess if you have a big um like disposable income that's like the dream but I mean most women I think in general have to go to work come home make dinner bathe the children put them to bed so every hour of your day on the weekdays is pretty much accounted for yeah exactly it's a lot of work it's a lot of quantity it's not I wouldn't call it very high stress so it was a nice break from work for sure um, because my work is a little bit more stressful with high stress situations. But um, so it's a lot, it was a nice break. Maternity leave was a nice break for me because it was like a little lower stress, but it's just like constant work and you're always doing something and you don't get some time for yourself until like very late at night. So, and I totally agree with you. That's like goals for um, getting a personal chef to come in every week. Can you imagine? And um, having a nanny and a personal trainer. Um, and I'm sure she has a cleaning lady. I mean, that's that's mom goals right there. Yeah, mom goals for sure. Because all that stuff mm -hmm. takes so much time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, being a mom is like, it's crazy. But it's a good thing that we have Malou on the show because you can be a mom and also be chic and comfortable in Malou clothing. Ooh, isn't that is also the dream. Those are also goals. So I guess, yeah, we'll be right back with Audrey and Angela of Malou after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Jet Rao Real Estate, your Calgary real estate agent. Buying or selling your home? Thinking about investing in real estate? Visit jetrao.com to get in touch with Jet. That's J-E-T-T-R-A-O.com. Get a free home evaluation and check out his videos to help you buy your first home. Check out jetrao.com for details. The Skinny Spa offers non-invasive fat loss and muscle toning solutions, including fat freezing and muscle sculpting. Right now, it's easier than ever to get that bod of your dreams with prices starting from just $1.99. Visit theskinnyspa.ca for details and to book in today. And we are back with the founders of Malou, Audrey Taylor and Angela Tulio. Audrey is an MBA grad who is passionate about supporting her community, sustainable business practices, and empowering women to look and feel their best selves. Angela is a marketing grad, mama of two beautiful babies, and understands firsthand how women and their bodies transform during motherhood. 
Together, they created and operate their newest baby, Malou, a stylish yet comfortable capsule wardrobe for maternity and nursing made in Calgary and designed to make women feel comfortable and beautiful at every stage of pregnancy and postpartum. Welcome to Prosecco Party Podcast, Audrey and Angela. Hey. Hello. Thanks for having us. So exciting. Yeah, and this is exciting for us because you're a local company and, you know, during this time, everybody wants to support local, especially over the holiday season. Like, that's a big uh, time for revenue, I would expect. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of local companies, this is sort of the the big the big time of year. And I know that there uh, people are pumping things up and getting lots of content out there to draw some attention. And it's so nice to see so many people tagging their favorite local businesses and products and things like that. So thank you to folks who are doing that even for us. Yeah, I always definitely always encourage that. Um, I guess, where did you guys, did you guys grow up here in Calgary? And how did you come up with the idea of this uh, brand Malou? Yeah, definitely. Actually, both of us are from Calgary. And really, I mean, maybe I'll let Angela jump in here. But I when we first sort of were chatting, we had got we, we worked together in our full time jobs. And we were out for a lunchtime walk along the Bow River downtown and talking about careers. And I sort of said, you know, I'd really love to have my own business one day, but I have no ideas. <laughs> and Angela just sort of piped up and said, oh, I have ideas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just kind of came up naturally. I still remember us sitting on the rocks. And I think honestly, and I'm sure Lindy and Isabel, you know this, is that anytime you have a business idea, it's coming from you trying to solve a problem that you're experiencing or that you know other people are going through. And so certainly coming back from maternity leave, um, I had changed so much um, just personality wise. Um, and certainly my body had changed quite a bit as well. I'm, I know you're going through this. Oh and yeah. It really occurred to me just the lack of options, especially Canadian made high quality garments that really adapt uh, to women and, and the kind of different changes that their bodies go through. I think the thing too in that conversation that hit home so much for me is Angela was saying this, like she said, was right after she got back from mat leave and she was telling me how she was holding her daughter and had a moment where she realized that she didn't know if a child had made the clothing they were wearing. And that's not okay, right? So that really, for me, hit home. And uh, yeah, we started looking t- into it from there just over two years ago now. That's amazing. And you celebrated your one-year anniversary recently. So congrats. Thank you. Yeah, I know it sounds so funny to be like, we looked into it two years ago and we just hit our one year. <laughs> but it, take, it does take time, right, to do that research and sort of go check out what's on the market and figure out how it's going to possibly work and yes definitely especially as first-time entrepreneurs with um not too much experience in the fashion industry what has been important to you um both for as as you've been building the brand Malou um I think what's been important to me really is the relationships that we've been able to build um we live in a city that is entrepreneurial and so We've made some great relationships with people just even through social media who have supported us from the get-go and in return we always reach out to them and support them in any way that we can. Um, Doing some of the virtual markets, Uh, unfortunately a lot of the ones that we had lined up uh, because of COVID we had to change those plans. And then even just people that we've met at events, um, we've met Connor Curran 
Milka Laundry, who is a great supporter of Calgary businesses. And he gave us great advice, even when we were just thinking about the brand. Um, and I'll never forget just how appreciative we were for him to take the time to talk to us. Yeah, absolutely. That element of community has been really important to us and really I think that a lot of that translates into a value that I think really goes throughout our brand, which is about really being honest with things. And I mean, we do a lot of different content on our blog itself. And certainly I have to say, Angela is very honest about her experiences being pregnant and raising children. And good Lord, I've learned a lot from <laughs> her, her blog posts, but really that honesty about what we're doing, why we're doing it, trying to be as sustainably minded as possible with this business and knowing that we're not perfect and being honest about that. So I think those have been really big parts. And one of the other big conversations, especially from where this idea came from, was this idea of building a, a small business that meets the complexities of our lives that, you know, we both work full time. Um, Angela has children. I don't at the moment, may in the future. And so what does that mean as you're trying to build a business and um, sort of using values that make sense that will support you no matter what your life sort of brings to the table? How did you guys manage to do this all while, like you said, raising children, having day jobs? Like, how do you fit that all in? And how did you do that? We actually talked about this last night on the phone and I told Audrey, oh my God, I don't have an answer for them. Like, I'm sure people are listening to this being like, tell me, tell me how you balance it and you have it all. And the truth is I don't have it all. Um, I'm prioritizing every day of what I can make work. And when it comes to Malu, you just have to get it done. I mean, I'm sure you, Isabel and Lindy know this, like you just make the time and you kind of have that inner drive, like that hustle, like everyone uses that word, but it's true. Like you just kind of find it within yourself to make the time and make it work and know that Sometimes you have to make sacrifices, but if you know what your priorities are, you can figure things out. Definitely. Yeah. And I think like our, we have a standard meeting Saturday mornings. And when we mm -hmm. first started, those were three and a half hour meetings. <laughs> and now we're, yeah. So it was long and we met frequently during the week. These days it's mostly on the phone and that kind of thing. But yeah, the late night phone call at 10 PM we, that's when sometimes we have to do business because of the other demands in our lives. And sometimes it's taking 15 minutes here, 10 minutes there um, to sort of fit it in for us. And that, that's just what it is. But I think that idea of being self-motivated is really important and finding something that helps you stay motivated. So knowing when you're feeling really down in the dumps about not wanting to do something, how you can sort of kickstart that fire again for your, your business. So how do you, Audrey, kick that start, <laughs> kick start that fire again and stay motivated on the business, especially on bad days? I saw that one coming. <laughs> like, That's a segue. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm really inspired by other people and hearing their stories of both success and failure and bouncing back. So whether it's actually reading people's stories and like extended stories on Instagram or signing up to do a webinar through an organization in Calgary, like our bank in particular, they have lots of great tools. So things like that for me really help. Yeah, that totally makes sense. You have to just kind of find it in, in yourself in any way you can. Um, so speaking oh, of- And uh, let's hear from Angela as well. Oh, sorry. Uh, Sorry. Oh, that's okay. And uh, <clears throat> what about you, Angela? How do you stay motivated? 
I would say, honestly, I would say because Audrey and I communicate so well, um, it was at least a year before we kind of kickstarted the business that we were planning and doing a lot of research. Um, and we're certainly not experts, so we were learning as we go. But I feel that we had done so much planning in the past that in my head, the worst case scenario, if Malou, you know, for some reason it doesn't work out in a year or two, we know exactly kind of what to expect and what that would look like. And so I tell myself, well, if that's the worst thing that happens, well, I might as well give it my all. And so because her and I work so well together, it kind of, I don't have that fear of worrying about, I can't dwell on worrying about something. It's like, we just need to kind of go with it. And, you know, if some, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but I can't really see that right now. <laughs> Yeah, I think it and helps. just a follow-up uh, question for Audrey, you mentioned about, you know, looking at other people's Instagram stories. How do you keep that from going into the negative space? Because a lot of people end up deleting their Instagrams because they keep comparing themselves with other people and other people's successes. How do you stay in the right mindset? That's a great question. I, I think over the past year in particular, and I should mention, Angela does most of our social, so I don't do it as much for the business. So I think for me, that helps create some balance. But I think what I've done for myself in the past year is I'm really trying to intentionally follow positive people and not necessarily that those people don't share their bad days. They, they do, certainly a lot of them do, but trying to really curate the content that I'm seeing to help stay positive, to be honest, so. I think we could all take a little bit of a lesson from that. Um, also speaking of, so going into fashion, um, I think we've all been a little bit guilty of buying kind of that fast fashion type uh, clothing. Like, I mean, who hasn't really shopped at Sirens or Forever 21, like those kind of stores. So why do you guys think it's important to buy local instead of buying from these kind of fast fashion uh, corporations? Yeah, definitely. And we should say that, and Angela and I've talked about this a number of times, we are not perfect. We at times will still have those fast fashion items that we fall in love with <laughs> at the store and have to really ask ourselves, are we going to buy this and use it enough to make it worth it? So that's a big question, um, which I mean, we can come back to and talk to you about, <laughs> talk to you about it for a long time. But part of the importance I think of buying local from how I see it is really supporting your local economy, supporting your neighbors. And in a way, there, it sort of hits many, many aspects because when you think about buying a product, a fast fashion product by, for just ex, as an example, it's something that might be, the fabric might be milled, made in a, one country, shipped to another for cutting, sewing, assembly, packaging, where's the packaging coming from? All of that gets shipped all around the world and is coming to you. So buying local, you're really reducing even just that fuel consumption. So there's a direct impact on your local economy, on your environment as well, and then supporting those people. And I recently saw a post about buying local and how you're really supporting mothers and fathers or colleagues or single people, even, you know, in doing the things that they love, or maybe even supporting their children in doing things that they love. And what I wanted to add to that is truly, I mean, aside from the luxury market, which I mean, we're, we're not in, so I don't have as much information really like when you look at companies that produce in North America that try to adhere to these kinds of ethical standards, ethical manufacturing, you really are getting a higher quality garment because like, for example, Audrey and I, the factory that we get our clothes from, it's a 10 minute drive from my house. Like we're there every step. When we picked up 
our first order, I brought them Tim Hortons, like donuts and coffee as a thank you to all the factory workers. Like we get taken through to ensure that the piece is made exactly how we want it. And you're getting a higher quality item. And as owners, we're taking less of a profit. Like when you take a look at an item, you shouldn't ask like, why is it so expensive? You should ask why other items are so cheap. And really think about when you're paying for that item, what are you paying for? Are you paying for their advertising budget? Are you paying for that shipping to get the material from one country to another country to another country? Like when we were looking at the breakdown of our costs, so a traditional clothing item is usually priced eight times higher than what it costs to produce. When you're looking at a company like Malou, which is very similar to other companies that are ethically made in North America, we're only charging about double, which even then probably sounds really high for a consumer, but it's not because that's taking into consideration all of our operating costs and then that little profit, which is then cut down even more. And so we're making not that much per piece, but we don't, we can't actually charge consumers what it costs to get things ethically made here in this side of the world. And so we eat those costs to try to create more value for our customers. And I think that's really important for people to understand. Um, and like Audrey said, we're not perfect. Like I have fast fashion pieces in my closet um, and those pieces I got from consignment because I knew that it was like, oh, like I really wanna try this new trend. I'm gonna get it from like Peacock Boutique in Calgary or Poshmark online. And then I'll wear the hell out of it and then maybe consign it or maybe donate it later on. Like I think just being thoughtful is so important because you don't want to alienate anyone in your life. Like if someone gives me a gift and it's not a brand that, you know, I know that where they're made and this and that, I'm not going to tell the person you can't give me that. That's not right. Or even for my children, I say, thank you so much. I will treasure it, love it, wear it, style it, and pass it along and make sure that it finds a good home. I think we just have to be really mindful in, in how we approach things and not alienate each other because that's the worst thing that you could do is, is to make other people feel bad because then no one is perfect. No, no one should be treated that way. Yeah, that's really good. Angela, you mentioned consignment shopping. How have your own buying habits changed over the past year? Um, well, aside from COVID, it's actually changed quite a bit uh, ever since we started working on the loo because you become so conscious of where things are made. Um, I'm really conscious how, how things feel on my body because I am a mother of two young children. Like my body has changed through feeding and pregnancy and and an age, like I'm turning 35 next year and I want to wear nicer things. And not that I'm not wearing leggings most of the time, but I'm like, I want these leggings to feel good on my body. Like I deserve it. And so um, I do shop a lot more consignment to be able to afford some of the brands that I like. Um, and when I do get something now, I find that I love it even more because I've done the time, I've done the research, I've thought about how I want to wear it. Um, and obviously I'm wearing Malou. And so I'm really looking for pieces that I can invest in and truly love. And I don't, I can't overthink. Like I just, I don't even have the time in my life to sit around and think about like my outfits the way that I used to. But I can tell you that I feel so much more comfortable in what I wear compared to how I you know, used to dress like even five years ago. 
Okay. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, and then we were talking about like the different fabrics and all that and, you know, where they come from and everything like that. So I think the word sustainability in particular has been used in the several different types of conversations and contexts. Um, but what does sustainability mean to you guys? Yeah, it's definitely a word I think that is maybe not misused, but not very well understood. And when people talk about sustainability, really, we should be talking about a balance between our economy, our environment and people. And when we talk about people, you talk about, you know, making sure something is ethically made. You want to make sure that the person who is physically sewing your garment, because everything we're wearing is made by a person. So we want to make sure that that person is being taken care of and that they're comfortable and that there's good lighting and that they're being paid and compensated appropriately for what they're doing. So that for us is, is really important, which is a big part of why we manufacture locally. But I mean, on sustainability, you do have to make sure that it can be economic and profitable and it's something you can sustain because there's no, no reason for you to continuously go into debt for something, right? Um, and balancing that with your environmental impact. I mean, like we sort of said a couple of times, like we're not perfect. <laughs> Perfect. And I don't think that perfect is really necessarily our end goal because hopefully as technology evolves in a number of industries, perfect is always going to be on the horizon as we continue to get better. There's always going to be a next target of how we can better support our environment and our economy and our friends, neighbors, members. That's great. Angela, you mentioned um, how it's all about uh, quality nowadays with your wardrobe and not quantity anymore and you mentioned about how nowadays you're not really thinking about how to dress up as much as you did I don't know five years ago or so which really hit home for me because back in my university days I would put so much effort into like what I was wearing the next day and now that I'm a mom and I'm on maternity leave it's just like I I'm so much more relaxed and I wouldn't I probably wouldn't know myself if um Isabel from 10 years ago looked at Isabel like at 33 years old now in like sweatpants and like a nursing tank top. Oh my gosh. I remember being like, oh, I need a new outfit for BSD because like, you know, I'm drinking beer tomorrow. I need something cute to wear. But I mean, I think that's just natural that we all go through those phases. And, and, but what's interesting is as much as I'm not overthinking what I'm wearing for how hard, and I'm a bit biased, but for how hard motherhood can be for how much we sacrifice and give ourselves to our children you know I hit a point where I'm like I deserve to look nice too like when I'm going out with Pia and James they're where they're cute like people compliment me all the time how cute they're I'm like I'm not a ghost (laughs) like you hit a point where you're like I would like you know I would like to feel good too and it it really does wonders for your self-confidence and that sense of feeling of like, this is who I am, this is how I present myself, because fashion is truly a self-expression, right? It's it's how you want to portray yourself to the rest of the world. And although I'm a mom that like gets less than six hours of sleep most days, I try to not look like it. <laughs> like I, I, you know, I still want to feel good about myself. Totally. And if I do spend a little extra on something that has a better fit or I know is better quality, then it makes my whole attitude that day just a little bit better. And I'm walking around just strutting my stuff, feeling a little bit more awesome. So it actually changes your whole like vibe. Oh, it totally does. It's like, it's honestly, I see it as like a form of self-care. And it's a shame because, especially because we designed our clothes to be maternity and nursing friendly. 
sometimes when you talk to women, they are like, yes, you know what I'm going through. Like, oh yeah, like all of it. But I, I just can't spend this much on this piece because I'm only going to be pregnant for X long. And we have to explain to them, like, I'm sorry to break it to you. Like your body may never be the same. And, you know, 10, 10 months, it's not nine months of pregnancy, it's 10 months. So for 10 months, plus however long, plus if you ever have any other children, do you really want to spend those months and years not feeling good about what you look like in the clothes that you're wearing? I mean, when you can justify spending that same amount of money on a party outfit that you may not get to wear now because of COVID, shouldn't you feel like, shouldn't you deserve to feel and look that good every day? Right? That's so true. We just shell out hundreds of dollars for a one night outfit to the club that gets destroyed mm-hmm. <laughs> and something that we could wear um, over and over again throughout so many years virtually it's um it's really worth the money and you know what I do want to say that I'm wearing my Veronica dress right now by Malou I could tell so good (laughs) I can't I can't yeah I can't you can't see it right now but um it's I always get the compliments and I use it so much because I use it throughout my pregnancy and still now that I'm nursing and it's got like these zippers the hidden zippers on the side right by the armpits so you can flash everybody when you need to uh, breastfeed or uh, pump so I love 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 it and I'm feeling super responsible and sustainable with my Calgary made local company um, of garment but uh, on that note uh, what are some tips you have for someone who wants to start integrating sustainable practices into their life? Honestly, like, like Audrey said, like, we're not perfect. Um, I'm, I would say the biggest tip is to be really mindful. And actually one way that I always recommend to people that we started doing in our house was that the, one of the biggest sources of waste is actually food waste. So you, you know, you look at organizations like leftovers that actually take leftover food from restaurants and businesses and get those to organizations for people in need. In our household, like it's so, you don't even think about how much food you actually waste on a daily basis until you start to really look at that. And so for us, we've been very careful about what we buy, how we buy, like, especially with this COVID stuff, like, and that panic buying in the spring, you're like, am I, do I need to go to Costco and use this 20 pound bag of sun-dried tomatoes or whatever it was like it's like maybe you're saving a dollar but maybe you won't use that other stuff that will go bad and so I think food waste is such a crucial crucial part because there are people out there that are dealing with food insecurity and so for me that's something that I'm very passionate about is being really mindful of what we bring in our home and how we use and eat that food and especially with fashion because of Malou and and like I said, like I really enjoy dressing up my children. I, I think they're adorable and I like to dote on them. And so I really do try to be mindful about their wardrobes, like really making sure that when I get them something that I love it, I, you know, they'll wear the crap out of it. I take care of it. And that's a big thing is, you know, with being sustainable, you're naturally going to be buying less. And so you need to be able to invest the time and it doesn't take that much time but certainly just little things that you learn to take care of your garments. And, and it just helps you because they end up looking so much nicer 
And for that investment that you made, you end up looking so much better in the clothes that you wear. And so even for my children's clothes, like they're puking and getting avocado and whatever on them all the time. I know how to take care of their things. And people always say that they always look so nice. And I think it's because they look clean. Yeah, I think um, my sort of tips for sort of building a more sustainable life go a lot, a lot along with what Angela said. And in our house, we've been trying to do less waste, just overall waste. Like what am I maybe accidentally putting in the garbage that should be in the recycling bin or that should be in the compost? And a big part of it is trying to identify a part of your life because I mean, there might be things in your life. Like, I'm not going to lie. I like my hair products. That's going to be the last thing I change. <laughs> I love them. But are there other areas of my life that I can make small changes and swap out those single use items for something that can be reused or something that can be composted a hundred percent. So in our house, I think in the last year, you know, we've been looking at things like we have bamboo toothbrushes now, like what a random thing to change, but the bamboo is something that could be composted or we have a cat and we switched him over and he seems to be okay with it. <laughs> we switched him over to compostable kitty litter and we make sure that we're putting in compostable bags instead of throwing all of that waste in the garbage bin to go to the landfill. So I would say, yeah, find a part of your life that you think would be manageable and then start making just small incremental changes. It's not about replacing your entire wardrobe with sustainable garments. It's not about replacing your entire pantry re with refillables. It's slow, easy steps that you think are manageable because you, you don't want to become overwhelmed with this kind of thing, honestly. And, and actually just to finish and add to what Audrey says is when people talk to us about running a sustainably minded company is that we really try to make it clear that sustainability shouldn't be for the privileged. I know that's a criticism of sustainability is sometimes it's like it's for the people that can afford it. Um, or people that can have the time. And certainly, yes, like the, the more like money you have, the easier it would be to replace everything in your home to be sustainable. But there's a certain kind of dangerous aesthetic that comes with sustainability. And there's now bloggers and writers that have come out with that of like, all of a sudden it's like you, you throw out everything in your home to have like the same matching glass jars, which you're like, I'm zero waste, but I just threw out all my plastic containers. Like that's not sustainable. And so what they're saying is really just, yeah, be mindful of what you have, making use of what you have. And it doesn't cost a lot because any little thing that you do to be more mindful of, of what your, the impact that you have on the planet is already a big change. Like if you are using a reusable straw, like kudos to you. Like it's really anything small is actually making a big difference and no one's perfect. Like, and we keep saying that because I think sometimes there is that dangerous part of like, oh, I want to be sustainable. Hence, I now have to become vegan and never take a vacation. Like, sorry, I'm never ever going to stop taking vacations. Like as soon as this stuff dies down, like I'm out of here, like see ya. So, but you know, I'll do everything else in my home and all that to like make up for like those vacations that I'm dying to take. Like you just have to pick and choose what you can do and be really proud of those changes that you're making. I love that. We can't all be Greta and sail to our vacation spot in the Bahamas, <laughs> but we can do small things in our home to make an impact. <laughs> 
yeah, definitely. That's really good advice because I'm always notorious for getting my mind on something, seeing Instagram and watching people become vegan. So I tried veganism and I threw out all my groceries and spent $500 on all this stuff that just ended up going bad anyway. So it's good advice just to integrate little things one, one thing at a time and just kind of see if that's the lifestyle. And then you can slowly go that way instead of just doing it all at once, which does get expensive and gets a little crazy. And then it you're gets- I wanted that stuff I just threw out. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You're missing everything that's in the garbage. Exactly. So Angela, you mentioned, uh, you know, kids, baby clothing. Um, Is that what we see? What's next with Malou on the horizon? Or are you going to be sticking with the maternity or nursing wear? Um, Well, what is next for Malou? You know, what's interesting is that so many of our customers are actually done having kids or don't want kids in their, you know, as part of their family life. Um, And so we've really kind of been focusing on pivoting because I think sometimes there is like this weird connotation with maternity nursing was we were like, no, we just want you to be able to wear these clothes throughout the way that your body changes. And so we're really focused on really making that clear with our brand, um, hopefully investing in some new styles. And I honestly think just weathering this COVID storm like for small businesses, it's such an odd time because we can't predict what will be happening in a few weeks. So I think we are just, you know, kind of writing it out and really looking at the future and being excited for it because there are possibilities. We're just trying to be mindful of what's going on. Top secret. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> we are looking at another style for this year and really expanding in a manageable way with small batches and that kind of thing. Yeah, looking forward to it. Awesome, exciting stuff to come. So we are running out of time, but where can people find you? Most important question online and on your website. Yeah, so you can find us on Instagram at Malou Collection or on our website at maloucollection.com. And we have a great blog there with lots of honest motherhood feedback, information, sharing, as well as tips and tricks on sustainability that we've experienced. Awesome. Everybody go check them out. Love their stuff. Thanks so much, Audrey and Angela. Thank you for having us. So fun. And that is all for our show today. Thank you all for tuning in to Prosecco Party Podcast. And thank you to Audrey Taylor and Angela Tulio of Malou for being on our show. Guys, make sure to check them out online and do not forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Prosecco Party Podcast. And also follow us personally on Instagram, Lindy at Miss.HealthNut and Isabella, Isabella Valoria. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. And remember, life is short, so join the party. Cheers.